This is Cross Hope with Randy Snyder. Cross Hope is broadcast daily and shares five minutes of hope and encouragement from the Word of God. Our companion website is www.crosshope.org. Now with today's uplifting message, here's Randy. Well, Christmas week 2019 on Cross Hope. We're going to continue a tradition of sharing favorite Christmas stories. Today, one of my favorites, a story from Jean Geetson, writing about her childhood Christmas memories in the 1940s in North Dakota. God bless you as you listen today and all this week to Cross Hope. But I was deeply moved by reading a true story written by a woman by the name of Jean Geetson. Jean lived in North Dakota in the 1940s. Her father worked for an oil company in North Dakota. The company moved him around to different parts of the country and different parts of the state. And somehow during the moves, and I can relate to this, if you've ever moved, you lose things. How many of you ever lost something in a move? You say, I still can't find that vase that we had in such and such a house, but it's gone. We've lost things that we cannot find. They lost their nativity set. So Christmas 1943... Jean Geetson said her mother went out to the local dime store in the small town in North Dakota and bought a nativity set. They got the nativity set home, and they discovered something that people wouldn't even think about today, but in small-town America in the 1940s, it was a big deal. There were two baby Jesuses in the nativity set. You know, they had the three shepherds and all the characters, but there were two infant Jesuses in that. And it really bothered her mother. She thought, well, there's some other nativity set up at the dime store that somebody's going to buy, and they're going to get home on Christmas or whatever, and they're going to find that it's missing the Jesus. So she convinced the store owner to put a sign up in his store, if you're missing Jesus, call 7126. <laughs> Honest to goodness, that's what she did. And it was just a four-digit phone number back in the 40s. If you're missing Jesus, call 7126. So all Christmas Eve and the days before Christmas, Jean said her brothers and sisters, they were waiting for the phone to ring, thinking somebody's going to call. But nobody called until late Christmas Eve. Somebody didn't call for Jesus, but it was a woman who called the house and said, my husband just left me two or three days ago, and my furnace broke, and my kids have no food. We're freezing here. We're shivering in in the cold in, in North Dakota in December. And I clean the dime store. I'm the lady who comes in at night and cleans. I've got three children. And I saw the sign, if you're missing Jesus, call 7126. And that's all that's been going over in my mind, 7126, your phone number. And I just called. You know what happened. That family went over and took food and gifts for the children. And her dad fixed the furnace that was broken, and he arranged for delivery of fuel oil on Christmas Eve night. And that was the most satisfying Christmas because there was a mistake in the packaging. And then Jean Geetson says at the end of her story, but it really wasn't a mistake. The Lord had planned it. What would the Lord want to do in your life that you think is an accident, but it's all part of the plan? I can tell you part of it is that you love him with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind this Christmas that you recognize that Jesus is Lord at his birth, not just at the cross, that you recognize that what Harry Reasoner says is that Christmas is utterly, completely false, or it's the truest thing 
in the world. That's a great quote by Harry Reasoner, the former anchor for ABC News many, many years ago. Most people don't remember who he is or was. And yet what he said, that Christmas is either utterly, completely false, or the truest thing in the world is a great thought for Christmas 2019. Who is Jesus Christ to you? Our website is crossope.org. Crossope.org. Well, all this week on Crossope, favorite Christmas stories as we continue this tradition. Today, a Christmas story, believe it or not, about the game of chess. I want you to listen to this story about Kevin Queen, who at the time I heard this message was an associate minister of a church in Atlanta. Now he's the minister of Cross Point Church in Nashville, senior minister. Listen to his story about the game of chess and how it relates, believe it or not, to Christmas 2019. Kevin Queen is an associate minister of a church in Atlanta. Great speaker. He's in his 40s. He said he was sensitive to this fact. I don't know if any of you have a sensitivity about this. I'd never thought about this bothering people, but he said he grew up never learning how to play the game of chess. He said, I was a checker player. That's all I could do. And he always felt inferior to other people because he couldn't play chess. He said he picked up his seven-year-old son from school one day and said, son, do you play chess? Oh, yeah, dad, I play all the time with my friends. Yeah. And he was embarrassed that his seven-year-old son could play a game. He said, I never understood, never played in my life. As the Lord would have it, a man came in for counseling who he found out through the course of getting his background that he was a ranked chess player, whatever that means. He competed, you know, nationally in chess tournaments, you know, considerably good player. And so Kevin said to this man, would you teach me how to play chess? And he said, sure. So we'll start meeting once a week for a while. And so for a number of weeks, they met to have a lesson to teach Kevin how to play chess. And Kevin said something interesting. I was really fascinated by this. The instructor, this guy who's an expert on chess, would begin every lesson by holding up the king. And he would say, Kevin, this is the king. You lose this, game's over. This is the king. You lose the king, and it's all over. I think you know where I'm going with that illustration. You have an opportunity to know the king of kings and the Lord of lords, and that is Jesus Christ, the son of the living God. You don't have him. You lose. Jesus would put it this way. What should it profit a man? If he gains the whole world, but he loses his own soul. I know people like you know people who sell out for a lot less than the whole world. They don't need the whole world to sell their soul. They'd sell out for a new car. And you know it. They'd sell out for a new house. They would sell out for this or that. People would sell out for a lot less than the whole world. And it was as if Jesus was talking about an imaginary scale and Jesus was saying rhetorically, what would you put on one side of the scale that would balance and equal the value of your soul? And you know what the answer is? Nothing. Absolutely nothing equals the value of your soul. Well, I hope Kevin Queen's story on this Christmas Eve day spoke to your spirit in a powerful way. Kevin, as I mentioned earlier, is now the senior minister at Cross Point Church in Nashville, Tennessee. Tomorrow on Christmas Day, I'm going to share what I call the quintessential Christmas story. It's my favorite. 
I can't even tell you why it's my favorite. Written by Lillian Smith about her father, I think from the 1930s, living in Clayton, Georgia. I want you to hear this story tomorrow on Christmas Day, if at all possible. If not, you can go to our website, crosshope.org, where you can listen to this program or any other program you may have missed on our program we call Crosshope. Look at visual stories. There's some great material there on that part of our website called Visual Stories on Crosshope. That's crosshope.org, one word, crosshope.org. Merry Christmas. Hope you can listen tomorrow to Crosshope. Well, Merry Christmas today to all of you from us at Crosshope Ministries. I want to share today my absolute favorite Christmas story written by Lillian Smith, a woman who lived in Clayton, Georgia, I believe, years ago in the 1930s. It's a powerful story that will touch you deeply about what her father did one particular Christmas. Let it speak to you. Let it minister to you, as I know it will in a profound way. God bless you. Merry Christmas from Crossover. Lillian Smith is an author who grew up in the South. She said she grew up on a farm in the South. They were so poor. She said even the bank didn't know how little money the family had. And if you can believe this, that a husband and father would do this, I don't know of any husband or father that would do this, but on Christmas Eve day, they looked out the window of their house and their father was walking up their lane with 48 state prisoners in uniforms with the stripes. They'd been staying in two railroad cars on a railroad siding, and they were working on a state highway. And Lillian Smith's father said, all of you are coming to our house Christmas Eve for a Christmas dinner. And, of course, I mean, you can imagine having 48 guests, but 48 unusual guests. Listen to how she puts it. He invited the local chain gang who were working on the state highway to come home for Christmas dinner. 48 men, white and black, in prison uniforms came marching down the lane. Two guards accompanied them, carrying double-barrel, sawed-off, 12-gauge shotguns. Eight of the men were lifers. Six of them were in pairs. Their legs were chained together. They were considered flight risks. Ten were murderers, one having killed his own grandmother. Two were bank robbers. Three were car thieves. One was an arsonist. And those were the guests that they had for Christmas dinner. And some of you are worried about your in-laws coming. I don't get it. You're worried about a brother-in-law or a sister-in-law and what they're going to do at, at your Christmas dinner. Before they sat down to dinner, this is so powerful. Lillian Smith said her dad went to each man, put out his hand and said, glad you're here for, at our house for dinner. Welcome to our home. And then Lillian Smith said her dad took down the family Bible before they ate, and he read the passage that I'm going to read to you today. So what I want you to do as you're listening to this, picture the scene of this big farmhouse in the south with men in the living room and the dining room and the kitchen and pouring out onto the front porch of the house with two armed guards standing watch over them. And here's what they heard from Matthew 1, beginning at verse 18. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he'd considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, 
Do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. One of the most important statements in the Gospels, because what's conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he had no union with her until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. He gave him the name Jesus. Our website is crosshope.org, crosshope.org. Well, all this week on Crossope, we're simply sharing what I call my favorite Christmas stories. Yesterday, we shared a story that I identified as my absolute, positively favorite Christmas story. And you know what? It still is, always will be. If you didn't hear it, you need to go on our website later, crosshope.org, and listen to Lillian Smith's story called A Large Christmas. It's a story that just blows your mind when you hear it about what one father did on one Christmas that just totally impacted his children with his witness and his example. That's yesterday's program. But today we share a story about a sensitive Christmas issue. You know what it is? Forgiveness. Forgiveness is the most sensitive issue in your life and my life. If you're honest, you you know that's true. We all are a mixture of people who need to forgive and need to be forgiven. It's both, not one or the other. Christmas is about forgiveness because Christ is about forgiveness. Would you listen to that again? Christmas is about forgiveness because Christ is about forgiveness. Listen to today's program about a man who came to terms with his need to forgive his dad. God bless you. Merry Christmas. God bless you as you listen. But this minister friend of mine told me years ago that he went through all his teen years. And he said, Randy, you may not believe this. He said, but I never spoke to my father. Never. He didn't go into why. He didn't go into what happened. And I, I, I always felt there had to be something drastic that happened for a man to say, I didn't speak to my father at all. And I even asked a Christian psychologist friend, that I've referenced here before. And I said, what do you think was going on there? And he said, Randy, there had to have been some kind of substance abuse, drug or alcohol abuse. There had to be some kind of physical abuse going on. Maybe he brutalized his mother. There's something going on there that, that to explain why he never spoke to his dad. His dad died. He said he stoically went to the funeral, didn't shed one tear at his own father's funeral. That's not the end of the story. 20 years after his dad was dead and buried, he told me that he went to his father's grave for the first time after the funeral. He waited 20 years. And then he said, if you can believe this, he said, I started talking to my dad. 20 years after he was put in the ground, he said, I started talking as if he were right there. And I started looking at his headstone and I was talking to my dad and pouring out all these thoughts about what was going on, some of my resentment and my bitterness. And then he said, he said, I shocked myself. He said, I asked for my dad's forgiveness. He said, I'm sorry. 
for denying my father a relationship with me. He said, I realized that the part of that was me. It's not all his fault. May I tell you something that's more tragic than that? Than a minister friend of mine who went to his father's grave to talk to his dad 20 years after he was buried is to know that there are people who come to church here and people in every ministry I've had who've denied God the Father a relationship with them through the Son. And someday I can picture them standing before the Lord and say, Lord, you don't understand. I was busy. I had a career to think of. I had places to go. I had people to see. I had things to do. I was busy with my life, busy with my children, busy with this and busy with that. And they denied God the Father relationship because they never had that relationship with God the Son. Well, I say it often, and I will continue to say it. That is, Christianity is about a relationship with God the Father through God the Son. I don't know of any other way. You come to the Father by coming to the Son. Everything you want to know about God the Father, you look at the Son. How much does God love me? Look at Jesus. How much does God care? Look at Jesus. Our website is crosshope.org. Well, if you've been listening to Cross Hope this week, you know we're simply running favorite Christmas stories each day. Stories that really have touched people's lives. They're stories that produce response in the mail or in comments that we receive as a radio program. I want you to hear today's story as we close. It's told by T.D. Jakes. You may be familiar with the ministry of T.D. Jakes. You may not. My point is not to promote him necessarily or things he says. I do want to tell you a story that he tells about his dad, how it speaks to the Christmas issue of which direction is this country going at Christmas. More than that, what direction are you going? God bless you as you listen to this final story this week. And he tells a story out of his childhood that really touched me. He he described his dad, when he grew up in West Virginia, by the way, people think he's from Texas, he grew up in West Virginia. He said, my dad was the most stubborn person in terms of refusing to ask for directions. Anybody relate to that with a family member? Somebody won't ask for directions. My dad would do two things. He wouldn't look at a map. And he refused to stop and ask somebody directions. It was too humbling to do that. Here's the tragedy. T.D. Jake said, most of the time, it wasn't that my dad was going in the wrong direction. Most of the time, we were going in the opposite direction. If we needed to be going north up Interstate 77 through West Virginia, we were going south. If we needed to go east on Interstate 64, we were going west. He said it was oftentimes we were going in the opposite direction. I thought, what a parable for the United States of America at Christmas. Folks, we're not only going in the wrong direction, we're going in the opposite direction, morally and spiritually. We really are. We are going in the opposite direction spiritually. And there are people in their marriages who don't get it, but they're doing everything that is counterproductive to blessing their marriage. And there are families that are doing anything that's 180 degrees in the wrong direction to bless their children. And you know the drill. That's the way it is in the United States of America. We're not only going off 20 degrees to the right or left, we're going in the opposite direction. We're walking away from the Lord instead of toward Him. And as I say often, you know you've repented in your life when you stop walking away from the Lord and you start walking toward Him. And some of you know exactly what I'm talking about because this year, 
was the year you started walking toward the Lord. We're in a generation today, I'm afraid, I mentioned this recently, we say no Jesus, we see no Jesus, and we hear no Jesus. We have nothing to do with the Christ of Bethlehem. We have everything to do with the economy and everything to do with marketing and everything to do with purchasing and selling, but nothing to do with the Christ of Christmas as a culture. We're walking away. We're like T.D. Jakes' dad. We're going in the opposite direction. All I'm asking you to do today is to start walking with him and walking toward him and start believing in the Christ of Christmas, realizing he's the only hope. Your hope is not the economy. It's not politics. Your hope is in the Lord. It always has been, always will be. Well, my friend, it doesn't seem possible, but this coming Wednesday, January 1st, 2020, we begin our 38th year of broadcast on the radio. Some of you are listeners through uh, Sirius XM, the Family Talk channel, once a day for the last 10 years. Others listen faithfully three times a day on uh, WFCJ in the Dayton, Cincinnati area. And still others listen twice a day in the Washington, D.C. area on WAVA, W-A-V-A. God bless you. Thanks for listening. Hope you'll continue to listen in our 38th year of broadcast for Crosshope. That's crosshope.org. You've been listening to Cross Hope with Randy Snyder. For more information about this ministry or to re-listen to any message heard on this broadcast, go to our website at crosshope.org. Be sure to join us at this same time each weekday or listen at www.crosshope.org. Cross Hope is listener-supported and is produced by Cross Hope Ministries, Incorporated.